this is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, Chapter 78. On today's episode, we visit the beautiful village of Villarreal here in southwest France. And we went on a blind date with a Belgian couple who found our podcast by chance. You'll hear their story. So here we are in the midst of uh, Barbie mania. Oh my God, this is just... On Facebook, it's insane. What's going on? Well, they have all these interviews with Margot Robbie and uh, one of the Ryans. And, uh, Gosling. Yeah, one of the Canadian Ryans. <laughs> I, ne- I get them mixed up. I, I honestly Is do. Gosling or Reynolds Canadian? They're both. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got both... Yeah, we got yeah okay. both Ryan's, and uh, and so the, the, some of the products that are coming out. I just saw on Facebook <laughs> a buddy of mine posted a, a package of pink pierogies, Barbie pierogies. That's enough now. What? That's, yeah, that's they, enough. Ca- they call it Barbie core. Well, who wants to eat a pink pierogi? I don't want to eat a pierogi pushing Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> you are missing out. Anyway, that's what we're dealing <laughs> well, with. Well, the here. French are going, are flocking to theaters to see Barbie, so it's a it's a massive thing. It's great for the studios. I mean, it's a uh, it's great for Hollywood. I'd rather clean mold. Uh, it's just not for me, obviously. <laughs> Jeez, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you don't seem like the Barbie type. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even go to GI Joe the movie. <laughs> You know, so, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, what we, what we haven't done in a long time is read some comments from the Facebook page and uh, got a few beauties here. Um, and uh, you remember Bubba, Michelle's brother? I sure do. Michael Jones? Yep. Well, he commented on Chapter 71 because uh, uh, Bubba lives out in Nova Scotia and was affected by the fires there. As a matter of fact, uh, they were booted out of their house. Mm. He's the guy I was talking about with right. th- with respect to the dogs, and they had to sneak through the back way to get the dogs out anyway. Uh, he uh, just wanted to send this note. Just listen to your podcast. Fantastic. Thanks for mentioning the good and bad regarding the fire evacuation in Nova Scotia. The folks at Oak Island need to be commended on the great deed they performed by reducing rates in half for evacuees. The Weston and Halifax should be ashamed of their business practices by doubling rates during a crisis. Yeah, for shame. Yep. Uh, great. Thanks very much, uh, Michael, for your uh, note. Uh, Michelle Schrader from Utah. You're going to love this one. I've been <laughs> okay. holding back on this uh, okay. one. Okay. All this right. This is just great. <laughs> Hello, Jeff and Julie. I wanted to let you know how much I am enjoying your podcast. I've started from the beginning, so I'm only on episode nine. I have a way to go to get caught up. My husband, our three kids, and I live in Bainac, a Cezanac. A few weeks, months, Uh, of the year and in Utah the rest of the year. We currently are restoring a really old house in Bainac. It's been an ongoing project for three years. It's nice to listen to your podcast and hear similar frustrations (laughs) because it makes me feel validated (laughs) with being impatient at times, wishing this project was finished. Uh Uh, My parents own a home in Bainac and we also own another home in Bainac. So this is the third house we've worked on. We purchased our first house in December of 2005. Keep up the good work. You guys are hilarious. It doesn't sound like you're too far away from Bainac. So who knows, maybe someday we'll run into each other best. 
Wow. The, we got some note from the Trumps of <laughs> being <laughs> accusations. Yeah, it seems like it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, thanks very much, Michelle. And uh, I guess they're just on their way back now to Utah. Right. Uh, we're trying to connect for a drink or something. What When they return, we'll definitely uh, do that. Well, that's nice. And one final note from Dave Little uh, on Chapter 75, which uh, was uh, the chapter with my brother. Uh-huh. Uh, I, another great show. Jeff, I got to tell you, I love your rants. I laugh my ass off. <laughs> New segment, maybe, Rant of the Week. Oh, that, hey, you should give that a thought. Well, I sent I sent him back a note <laughs> saying the problem would be narrowing it down to just one. <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of uh, leads us into our, our, our first meeting with uh, people who found our podcast. And we've been just kind of hitting it off with notes. Uh, so we finally met for dinner the other night. I think that is so cool. First of all, that they reached out and that we got to meet them. Um, they're just a fantastic couple. Yeah, Elin and Thomas from Belgium. From Belgium. And of course, they speak 18 different languages. <laughs> just make, uh, just rub it in. Just rub the salt in the wound. Which one do you, uh, you know, it's almost like they sit down. Uh, which language would you like? Do you want to go with Flemish? Uh, we can do French, uh, some English, some, some German. Uh, holy <laughs> Anyway. Well, our our dinner conversation was in English, and it was fascinating. So this young couple have two young girls, two and four, I believe, and they're moving permanently into southwest France. I know. it's He's, he's got a really, uh, I don't know exactly what Tomas does. And that, that's another great thing about Europe. We, you, you, you don't just jump right into, hey, what do you do for a living? I mean, we were three hours at this restaurant, and... Um, uh, but we found out that he's got a job where he represents uh, a, a number of countries in his job. Mm-hmm. And one of the criteria for living somewhere would be you just have to live in one of the countries yeah, you for represent. for that job, you need to be job. living in one of those countries. So they, they uh, one of them has parents that live down here. And so they decided, OK, we're either going to do this now when the kids are young or after they leave the nest. Mm-hmm. Let's get them down there, get them learning French. I mean, they'll learn another 18 different languages, I'm sure. And so that's what they've done. Oh, you and know, they did the smart thing. They did, you know, they educated themselves on which region they wanted to live in, which area had the best schools, uh, you know, where was their community where their their daughters could grow up and, and be fulfilled. And, and so, you know, they, they, you know, made very conscious choices. Yes, and, and within their means as well, you know, like they've... They've definitely researched uh, the market. Mm-hmm. and uh, Oh, very educated. And, you know, they were almost our neighbors. Almost our neighbors, but that <laughs> didn't work out. And you know what? Uh, sometimes things uh, work out for the better. Mm-hmm. And I think they're very happy with where they are. So uh, we're going to remain in touch with these guys because we just had a, a truly enjoyable evening and uh, a lot of fun. Was We had a lot of laughs, actually. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Really fun. Really fun. So uh, they're going to be moving here at the end of the month. So we wish them all the best and safe travels on their move. Uh, one, one of the pitfalls is going to be uh, the cats. She yes. said, I don't know how we're getting our cats here. They're going to go bananas. <laughs> two of them, right? The There's yeah, two cats. I think so. <laughs> and now here's something I learned, and this is almost bordering on a drinking game for our podcast, but <laughs> Tomas said to us at dinner, uh, by the way, Jeff, I try and guess the French phrase of the day before you do. <laughs> so is this something that people do? I'm sure I finish, I, I finish second every time. <laughs> But, um, well, it remains to be seen what today's French phrase of the day is. That's coming up a little later on in the show. Yes, it is coming up later in the show. So, Tomas, you have to wait. (laughs) You have to wait to beat me.
Okay. Uh, hey, we we have uh, just a just a tiny tiny bit of a uh, uh, really kind of good French news in the sporting world. Congratulations to Céline Boutier. Uh, she just reached the pinnacle of world golf here by winning the Evian Championship, which is a major in women's golf. Okay. And I think she's one of only three French women to win a major. Period. And they're they're touting her as the as the greatest French player in golf right now. And, uh, and where is the Evian event? Uh, the Evian event is in Evian les Bains. Ah, okay. Haute Savoy. D'accord. And uh, she finished with. Uh, now here's the here's the cool thing. Uh, she shot four rounds in the '60s, which is crazy good, and that's very difficult to do in a major. And she finished uh, at uh, 14 under, uh, six strokes ahead of. Canada's golden girl, Brooke ah. Henderson. So it's just kind of... Oh, that's, that's a kind of a win-win. It's a win-win. And uh, yeah, they, they walked away with some good coin. And uh, so Celine wins her first major. And uh, Brooke Henderson finishes second. And just a big congratulations to uh, Celine Boutier because... It's a big uh, achievement. That is a big achievement. It's huge. Um, which country do you think have, has more golf courses? Canada or France? Oh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, well, I would have to say I would have to say Canada. You're right. Yeah, I would have to say Canada by a long shot. Yeah, because no it's pun just, intended. It's just huge, and and you know what? Even though we've got the questionable weather, Canada has amazing golf courses. Some of the ones around here are ugh. well. Here's the problem: it's it's the it's the ground. Yeah, it's we've got very. Um, you can't compress your shots. Cl- because, lots of clay. Yeah, so lots of clay. So it's ugh. and and that's that's a nightmare for me because I'm not that good. And if I hit the clay first, both my elbows fall right off yeah. my body. Yeah. So, so registered golf courses. Yeah. Twenty three hundred in Canada and seven thirty here. Okay. Bet, I wonder how many in Spain, though. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, because Spain is littered with them. Hmm. But uh, no, it's uh, Canada's just got, I mean, and we do really have some beautiful golf courses in Canada and right across the country. Like I've golfed in Banff, gorgeous golf course. Huh. Would you say the, most of them are, are in Ontario and Quebec? Well, uh, yeah, probably. You would, uh, yeah. yeah, especially Ontario. But you know what? There are beautiful golf courses coast to coast. Saskatoon has Waska Sioux in, in mid mid northern Saskatchewan has a gorgeous golf course. So huh. yeah, no, it's uh, we've got a lot of them. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so for for Céline, I mean, it, golf is probably not as popular a sport here in France as it is in Canada. So her achievement is her yeah. achievement is even yeah. more heightened. Well, the only the only difference is for Canadian golfers to do well, they pretty much have to go south for the summer. Uh, winter, whereas she could play year-round here. Oh, that's a good point. I think. That's a good point. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a real big achievement, and uh, congratulations to uh, Celine. So, we have more uh, more administration. Well, yeah, kind of. Oh, please. So, this was supposed to kick in on January 1st. <laughs> okay. The elimination of cash register receipts. Yeah, that are an inch by two inches. So they decided to push it back because they they got some grief from um, from f- people who needed their receipts to do their budgets as prices escalate in France and everywhere. Yeah, um, they wanted to see you know what they were spending, um, and there were other associations like like the retail association that thought that they needed to issue these these cash register receipts. Mm-hmm. So it got pushed back, but as of August first. 
you will no longer automatically get your receipt when you're shopping in a grocery store, <sighs> at the bank, any place where you would get a receipt. You can ask for one and they will give it to you. Okay. So this is in an effort <sighs> to um, lessen waste reduce, in France. Oh, reduce, reduce paper? <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. When, hang on, hang on. And I think you know where I'm going. I think I do. Wait a minute. This is an effort yeah. to reduce paper. Little two-inch, <laughs> little fax paper b- bills that, that say that just like the number of your, you know, your lunch. And they've got 400-page documents to fill out for a carte vitale and a carte de séjour. And they're worried about these little tiny bookmark pieces of paper. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Well, they, they say that they issue 30 billion cash receipts a year. So that, that is quite a bit of, of paper. It doesn't even compare to the crap that we've had to print out. Yes, it's true. We've printed out um, like a forest worth of... <laughs> forest worth. <laughs> worth of paper yeah. in order to get all of our necessary yeah. cards and documents and... Because sometimes they insist that you fill them out with an, uh, a, a, a physical signature. So you can't, you can't do that, you know, electronically. Uh, so you have to print it out and then scan it, and then send it back, and it's pages and pages of stuff. Oh, but they're worried about a tiny little piece of paper the size of a business card. (laughs) So if you can calm down just a bit, um, the other factor is apparently they're, they're, they're toxic, these little bits of paper. Like, Oh, oh, I'll tell you what's toxic. (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you what's toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we, we, we've both experienced getting receipts on our phones. So, yeah, so yeah. Get, getting it electronically, I think, is an it, it, it's just as easy, and why not? I know, but let, <laughs> I know you're you're big picturing. You're well, saying I'm like, saying I'm saying these are these are sand pebbles, and <laughs> and the French government is dealing with boulders <laughs> of paper. Okay, so how's about starting over there? How about reducing government altogether in this country, and uh, and then as a result, we'll reduce the throngs of paper that they send our way. But yeah, no, of course I agree with it. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it's uh, here's the one thing that's really obvious, and here's the other thing that isn't. And that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Okay, and I have my copy. Thank you. You're welcome. Le prix s'oublie, la qualité reste. Le prix s'oublie, le qualité reste. See, I can, al- I can also repeat it yes, you can. when I have it. See how amazing this is? It's a whole new system, huh? Yeah, it's great. A great new world. Uh, the price... Uh... Le prix s'oublie, la qualité reste. Hmm. Uh, the, so is that the price is forgotten? Yes. And the, the, the quality stays? Yes. I don't understand what that means. Well, <laughs> did I, I say that right? The price yes. is forgotten. Yes. And the quality stays. You, for, you, can, you forget the price when you when you buy quality. Oh. Quality remains. So yes, you had to spend more money to purchase something of high quality, but you forget the price because that item will last long a long time. That's a that's a really great phrase, and and you know that 
we we have we have done that in life like you know there has been opportunities for us to get things cheaper, uh-huh. but then you go, well, wait a minute, we're going to be doing this again in two years, as opposed to if you get high, higher quality, spend a little more money up front. Yeah. And this isn't always, because sometimes you just you don't, you, yeah, we'll, we'll take the cheaper one because yeah. the expensive one is ridiculous. Yes. Anyway, it depends on, on the item. But yeah. when you're looking at, you know, for, for instance, instance, a vehicle or, yeah. you know, um, kitchenware, or it, you're always better off purchasing quality because you'll have it in in your garage mm-hmm. and in your kitchen for a way longer period of time. Yeah, it's not going to rust out or it's not going to, you know, degenerate. Yeah. And uh, it's things, you know, it's things I find like good appliances. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always better to spend more money because, you know, who who wants an appliance breaking down, first of all, then getting it repaired. And it's usually, they usually break, the, if they're crap, they'll break down just after the warranty expires. Yep. And, and, you know, so <laughs> these are all, you know, life annoyances. And then at the end of the day, you have to buy another one. And now you've spent more money. Right. You know. Yeah, we've always felt that it's better to invest in quality. What a great uh, phrase. Le prix sublie, la qualité reste. Rest. 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 Yeah, there's no accent on the rest. That's okay. right. It's good. Very good French phrase of the day. I'll bet you I beat you, Tomas. <laughs> bet you I beat you on this one, buddy. <laughs> because he he is learning his French, Tomas. Yes. And, and it's not as uh, good as Eline's. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, he'll be there in 10 seconds. That's yeah. the funny thing about the Europeans. They're ju- they just, they just gra- like uh, Malin, our, 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 our Swedish friend, she's just grabbed onto the French because they're so used to learning other languages, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, they they kind of get out of their English mindset or Swedish mindset and kind of open up towards a, a new expanse. So that was great. You know, we had dinner at Le, Le, Le Bassivière. Bassivière. They, they recommended the... Uh, this and and uh, then we decided to uh, head over to Villarreal, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, so it, 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 this was just outside of Villarreal, and it's a, a beautiful barn conversion restaurant. The food was delicious, service was oh, great. So food was incredible. Yeah, yeah really, really good. Um, but before dinner, we decided to go uh, and revisit Villarreal. We'd been there one time before, but it was during. Um, well, it was the Brocante. It was the Brocante. So, so the town square was filled with stuff. Yeah. So if you want to do a little comparison, it'll be kind of cool because I took similar pictures uh, on the Facebook page. If you go back to our Brocant, uh episode, chapter, uh, and check the, the photos, you'll see that the square in the middle of Villarreal was just, you know, littered with <laughs> junk, basically. I mean, we, we found a bit of a diamond in the rough. Yeah, um, yeah you had to kind of you yeah. know, sift through. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that market square itself dates back to the 14th century. Yeah, this this town has a bucket load of uh, history. Yeah, it, it's uh, its name, Villarreal, is kind of, uh, it's, what do you call it when two words meld together? Uh, uh, contraction? Contraction, yeah, yeah, contraction. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's Ville Royale, because it was royalty, it was a royal deal that got this whole village built back in the 13th century. So the market square has been central and has been there, and there's been a market every Saturday morning for the last 700 years. Holy. And all the facade around, all the buildings around, which are kind of a semi-wooden stone uh, composition. Brick too. And brick. um, They've been renovated or they've been well 
taken care of because it 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 was very pretty and and the stores and the shops were quite quite nice and artisanal and high end. We ended up sitting uh, just outside at a, a, a cavavin and uh, just looking at people going by and and looking at all the storefronts. It's it's charming. It's worth going to Villarreal. Yeah, and then we went to the church and mm. holy. This thing dates back to the 1200s. Yeah, 1256, somewhere in there. And what's the story on that? The, uh, guy, the guy who built it was like, he was... It was I think he was Louis' brother. Yeah, right. Um, and it used to be, there used to be a moat around <laughs> the church. Because it's a bastide town, yeah, right? Yeah. So they built it to defend themselves, you know, during, I think the English occupied it during the Hundred Years' War. And there's there's, there's been lots of... Lots of yeah. Rampages and <laughs> rampaging. <laughs> well, I, I got some really cool photos because it's just be- it's just stunning inside. And, you know, when you sit there and you're even just for me, I get I, I get I, I'm interested when I just even look at floors like you look down and you go, OK, these floors that people have been traipsing over for all these years. They're first of all, they're probably two feet thick you know, and ba- are the basis for the foundation of the church. And they're just, they're all rounded, you know, because so yeah, many people have walked on them. Worn, and, yeah, they're, yeah, they're worn, but they're beautiful. Yeah, they're... St- I love that. Yeah. And I love the pulpit. Yeah, they have That's, them on the sides. Yeah, yeah, spiral staircases, like big wooden structures. And then you could just imagine the sermon being delivered and... It's not the first time we've seen that, by no. the way, on the side. No, we saw it in Isijak. Yeah. So you'll see this uh, on some of these very old churches where it's a little spiral staircase and it goes up to us. It's for one person. It's a little tiny pulpit on the side of the church. And that's where the sermons are delivered. But then they have all these other areas. You know, there's one for uh, remembrance of lost relatives. Then there's the whole front area, which was just very ornate. Yes. And it was in really good shape. I don't think all of it dates back to that time frame. I mean, I don't think the stained glass windows are that old, but you know, over time there've been improvements and it's a, a, a really beautiful structure. Yeah. And so uh, we got to enjoy that. Also a ton of really good restaurants there. So this is an area that's, you know, worth a visit if you're uh, heading to Southwest France, you know, um, th- uh, there's a hotel there, the Hotel Europe. It's yeah, be- looked really beautiful. Yeah, I think it was a three star, but it just looked really beautiful. And the the it's a hotel, a gastronomie. That's right. So they've they've got a high end restaurant there. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the church, you remember the clock? Yes. On top. Yeah. Do you know what that used to be? Because that would have been added retrofitted, right down. Yep. Yeah. I I don't know what that, a sundial like. A and, clock? Uh, no, that structure on top of the church. Huh? The, where the, the clock is? Oh, the whole structure. No, I don't. That is a prison. Really? In the church? <laughs> yeah, on top of the church. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. Why would they put a prison on top of a church? I don't know. It should be <laughs> in the bottom of the church, don't you think? Well, after watching that uh, TV show, The Keepers, maybe it was for the people who worked at the church. <laughs> Holy. Ooh, anyway, what lovely, lovely day. Um, and I uh, would certainly go back to Villarreal. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I want to take the walking tour next time. So what's that all about? Well, apparently you go to the tourism office, which mm-hmm. uh, we we didn't go in, but looks very active. And you can get a map and a walking tour. And, and we were really kind of focused on the center square. Yeah. But there are lots of 
interesting things to see in the the roads and the the little streets that lead up to the square. Um, so I, I think I, that would be a fun thing to do. And and we we took a, a very circuitous route to get there. And how many attractions did we drive by in that route? I mean, we saw campgrounds. We saw uh, we saw another ancient church. We saw and and these were all things that you could pay to go and see and. Yeah, yeah, and a chateau, an and old a chateau. chateau. Yeah, a chateau, yeah. I think it's a Chateau Gouvadeur, I think it's what it's, it's called. You know, if you've got time when you're on a, a vacation in any part of France or Europe, for that matter, sometimes it's just really cool to just get lost, turn off the GPS, and just start cranking around on these, on these amazing uh, roads, and you just find stuff. And then when you get lost and you want to go back or you want to go to a restaurant, just turn the GPS back on and find your way out. But... Invariably, if you do this, you're going to find stuff that you never would have found mm-hmm. otherwise. Yep, little little special jewels. Yeah, yeah exactly. So mm-hmm. it that was well worth it, and it was very different from the Bercante. Really different. Really different. Yeah, different vibe. Um, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it. It's it's beautiful. We highly recommend it, and uh, the restaurant that we went to just outside of Villarreal. Can you say it again, Bois? It's, it's Bassivière, but Bassivière, and, and yeah. it's in Saint Etienne de Villeréal, so just on the outskirts of Villeréal. And uh, the, first of all, yeah, Julie mentioned the service. The, they've got the this little market sort of cornered because it was full of, uh, of Belgians. It was like it was crazy. Everybody spoke English in there. As a matter of fact, our waiter when yes. <laughs> I come up and I start, uh, nous avons réservation, and, and he looked kind of shocked, and then. Julie meant said something in English. Oh, you speak English, thank God. He he didn't even speak French. So, uh, but they but they they do. It's just uh, they they seem to be catering to um, folks from the Netherlands and Belgium. And there were lots Belgium. of tall people. Yeah, <laughs> lots of tall people and lots of blondes and lots of kids. Yeah. They have a they have a a playground area just down below. They have trampolines and swings and and all kinds of. And the kids were having a ball. Yeah, I like watching that little 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 boy playing soccer in his socks. Yeah, he had two different color socks, and we're thinking at the end of the day, those are going right in the in the garbage <laughs> yeah. because they were just black. <laughs> he was having a great time. So yeah. uh, anyway, want to thank everybody there. That was uh, that was a very nice meal, and uh, we just had a great time sitting there for three hours talking with Tomas and Elin. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, we still have to meet the daughters though. So that'll be that'll be next time. Next time. They got the night off. And, and the dogs, yeah. Uh, so before we go today, uh, I just read something in uh, one of the Toronto papers that just made me crack up. I mean, good for Tim Hortons for trying yet another avenue of revenue. <laughs> Jeez, this cracked me up, though. So this weekend on Lake Scugog up by Port Perry, uh, Tim Hortons is going to be trying their first boat-through service. Right on the middle of the lake. I think that's super creative. Uh, to buy something at the boat through service, you have to be either obviously in a boat, but you can also be uh, in a canoe, a kayak, or even a paddleboard. You can paddleboard your way over. And uh, and and I, it looked like they were only serving kind of cold summer drinks and stuff. I see. Six order maximum. 
Uh-huh. And they're going to give it a whirl. It's sort of a, a test weekend for this. So no food, product. just drinks. It, did, it didn't look like there was going to be food. I, I, you know, my concern is, you know, I, I, if, if, if you go around to Tim Hortons and, and some of the locals will always complain about this when a Tim Hortons is going up, is people tend to just chuck the cups and they're all over the place and there's garbage. I know Tim Hortons makes best efforts to try and clean that up in any of their neighborhoods. But my fear is that stuff ends up in the lake and, eh. Well, maybe they've thought about that. Yeah, maybe. Um, just to put things into context, Tim Hortons is Canada's biggest fast food chain. Oh, by a mile. And it was started by, correct me if I'm wrong, a hockey player. Yeah, Tim Horton. Oh, Tim Horton. Yeah, played for the Leafs and was killed in a car accident. Right. Played for the Leafs and Buffalo okay. and was killed in a car accident coming back from Buffalo. And and that chain's going to be 60 years old next year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And the first logo had four circles on it for his four daughters. Aw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's really interesting. And it's changed hands a number of times, and uh, they've changed direction a number of times. I think they really took off, because it used to be a donut coffee place, right? Mm-hmm. But Tim Hortons really took off when they started with the lunches. And they 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 made fantastic sort of, you know, baguette-style, uh, you know, subs and, um, and soups. And that's, that's what really... That's when things went. Yeah. Well, Tim Hortons have stores all over the world. Yeah. Well, I know they have. Not just in Canada, but they've spread into the United States. Yeah. They've also hopped the pond. Have they? Yes. And they're in certain locations in Europe. They're in the UK. They're in Ireland. They've got two locations in Spain, but no locations in France. That's because they pronounce it Tim Orton. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it's because McDonald's is huge here. Yeah. It, this is the second biggest country for McDonald's after the U.S., Jeez. So when you're when you're you know when you're thinking about expanding, you might not want to go in a in a market that's so well served. The French love McDonald's. Well, and I don't think the French know uh, a lot about Tim Hortons. That's the thing. Whereas McDonald's, you know, reputation right. precedes it. Right. And you know, I think we've mentioned this before, but the McDonald's in France are very different than the ones in the U.S. Yeah. The, I, I had on a desperate day. I had some McDonald's in this area, and uh, not good. Well. Reports say that it's better, like it's better food, more comfortable if you're eating in the store. This Big Mac uh, looked like it was rolled over by a Dodge Ram. Okay, so no. Okay, so maybe your experience wasn't good, but gener- in general, they say that there, there's no rush to leave the restaurant. It's not considered, oh, that's true. It's not considered fast food here. They source out things locally. So uh, from what I've read, it's better... It's considered better quality than what you can get in the U.S. Well, it just didn't, you know, it didn't meet the standards of uh, what I was used to right. back in Canada. But I don't, I don't eat that stuff anymore. I really don't. I, I mean, this was a desperate day because, you know, you can only eat lunch from twelve to two, and I think it was two thirty, <laughs> and everything was closed. So I, uh, I had to roll up to the Mickey D's and order the Big Mac and eat it in my car, and was quite yeah. disappointed. Well, well that's, that's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, uh, good luck to Tim Hortons and their boat through service. It'll be happening in Lake Scugog near Port Perry this long weekend. On next week's show, we're hoping to visit an operating apiary, or is it 
apirating apiary. <laughs> uh, uh, and yes, we will have photos of, uh, well, especially Julie in a bee suit. Can't wait for that one. <laughs> and we've been invited to a local concert at uh, someone's house. We'll tell you more about that on Chapter 79 of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.